is this? Ah, the French. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? I'm here, Papa! Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. First listen to the animal man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. We were divorced nine months later. If you don't mind my saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. Inspired. Six times I've now ruined my whiskey. I'm under arrest. Oh, I'm under what? I just want to do whatever serves the corporation best. And I just want to do what I'm doing. Stunt I, I, I'm Brighton, SLC. I am... Sh- I'm Sean Block. Yeah, we've been stretching. Mm. We're really mellow right now. We are chill AF, as mm. the kids say. Yeah, AF. AF. No, who are we? We're Brighton, SLC, and Sean Black. We signed a bad contract to become the official podcast of the strange Smogville World's Fair. Our job is simple. To create the greatest podcast of all time, trapped in a private Ferris wheel with no hope of escape, we talk about... Fringe and forgotten pop culture, mysteries of the mysterious, music videos, heavy metal, oiled muscle men, public television. We'll explain that. Yeah. Um, I want to follow up on an item from a few weeks ago. Okay. We wondered what Slimer looked like before he died. Oh, God. And this has been solved. We We can put a stamp on this one. Yeah. Slimer is the ghost of Babe Ruth. Yeah, I, I wanted to give a nice pause to let that sink in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, there is no doubt that who's, that's who Slimer is. You put that pause in so that our listeners could insert a gif yeah. of someone like saying, mind blown. Yeah, or, or just an audible gasp. Yeah. Because it's, it is spot on. Oh, yeah, audible gaffs were the, were the original gif. Yeah. I just like to think of our show as a BuzzFeed article for your ears. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm a total Snape that way. I don't even know internet slang. I, t- I, took, a, I took a quiz. All I can say is like LOL. Yeah. Back, back to you. Or no, there's, let's BRB. see. He's in a Manhattan luxury hotel. He's scarfing mm-hmm. down hot dogs. Right. What more do you need? He's chomping cigars, I think, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it catches up with him. So do you think he actually choked to death on a mouthful of hot dogs? Because there's a scene at the end of Ghostbusters where Slimer comes out of a hot dog cart and he's, ma- he's probably got 10 hot dogs in his mouth. Is that some kind of eerie like, like memory replaying? Or is it more like a Chris Farley thing where you are just, your body can't take anymore. You've eaten, you've drank, you've, you've done it all. Are you asking me how I think Babe Ruth died? Something that's easily verifiable? Well, how he actually died. Okay. I'm, I'm not talking about how the media or quote unquote historians Oh, the... Uh... You know, what, the, what, do we, what do we call the media? Well, it's not the media. It's much, I can't remember. I'm sure it's insulting, though, Yeah, because they've been lying about Babe Ruth for years. I'm more talking about how much we hate historians. Oh, yeah. And, and the, just the garbage history that they're spewing. I call them jerk-storians. Right. Because they all can go back to the jerk store for all I care. Mm-hmm, Wake up, sheeple. Babe Ruth didn't die of terrible cancer i know it's slowly in in the public's eye no he choked to death on hot dogs or or did some kind of heart his heart stopped because he had done cocaine and heroin at the same time um after eating about a six like uh uh, course meal 
Like, oh, like Chris Farley. Like Chris Farley. I, I just pictured Babe Ruth sprawled out on the ground dead as that <laughs> famous photo. I don't know if, if it's like, I don't know if it's a crime scene photo. They got leaked. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. That's really unfortunate that that photo's out there. And, and, and we're it's in the Inquirer, I think. Yeah, and it's dark, and it's really sad, but it's basically Chris Farley laying on the floor with his shirt unbuttoned, right? His big belly hanging out. Yeah, because I think someone he was with a stripper. A stripper. Let's just That's, say okay, it. Okay. 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 Stripper wanna, slash hooker. I didn't want to. I didn't want to hook shame, but. Oh yeah, it's not about that. We're we're not judging. I think yeah. I think she just thought it was funny that the big funny man was sprawled out and took pictures, not realizing he was dead. Yeah, she probably wrote boner on his forehead with a marker. And, Adams. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. Yeah, really horrible stuff. And done the ultimate. Do you know what I used to write on people that passed out? <laughs> I've been I've been to a lot of in a lot of situations where someone is dangerously intoxicated, and, and you have a sharpie, and I have and, and there's a marker somewhere in the house. So, 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 so the sick is a is a crudely drawn cartoon wiener heading towards the mouth. That's one of them. Mm-hmm. Another is a, a some kind of insult across the forehead, like virgin or or dork or boner. Dork, dork's or, a good one, or something harsher. No, what, dork's but, as but harsh what, as it gets. But what I used to do is I wanted the person to really be confused. So I would write on the person's stomach, time spent fishing cannot be deducted <laughs> from a man's life. That's pretty good. So, you, so they pull up their shirt, and, and instead of like some awful, crude thing, it's time spent fishing cannot be deducted from a man's life. Well, and then they get confused trying to figure out what that means. Right, it, dude. It's like it's next level stuff, man. Yes. Even even when I was a teenager, I was on the next level <laughs> of messing with people's minds. I've talked on the show about how uh, a few nights a week I host trivia in bars, mm-hmm. and that involves people writing down the answers to the questions and handing them into me. Um, the other day, this team was like, "Hey, did you see our drawing?" Because they had drawn a a penis on their answer sheet. Right, classic. And uh, I guess. I had to burst their bubble and tell them that I get about 900 of those every single night right? for three nights a week for years. Like, they kind of thought they were the first ones to think of drawing a dick on the answer sheet. And I was like, you come over here, come over here. You want to look, dick, 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 dick. That's like our, our, our old uh, co-host friend from the old days, Jonas. I've been with Jonas so many times where someone would come up and go, oh, have you heard the Weezer song, My Name is Jonas? Oh, yeah. And it's like, no. What what is it? Well, no, no. Is it about me? Tell me. Uh, tell I, me more. Not not ten times a day since nineteen ninety four. Right, that song's playing on the radio right now. Probably it probably is, and it's a good song actually. That's oh, a good song. Well, has Jonas has heard it then? I'm not sure actually. Is he, he's coming over later to the Ferris wheel. We can ask him. Mm-hmm. We'll find out. We'll, we'll next week. We'll update you whether he's heard the Weezer song. Oh boy, that reminds me because we're recording this. By the time you hear this, um, they're will be a new World okay, Series let's do champion. It. So, okay. One, two, three. You ready? Yeah. One, two, three. Congratulations, Congratulations Indy Cubs. We got it. We called it. So you can say that you, you can play this to your friends and say they called it. They absolutely – they called it. We called it. And congratulations to all of you long-suffering Cubs, Indians, Cubs, Cubs fans, fans, yeah, for this this well earned victory. What a game! What a I series! Know, what a game! I can't believe it it went on that long and there was that many plays and everything. Oh, there's so many plays. There was. <laughs> I can't can't even. <laughs> 
What do you mean? Yeah, we just did, man. We talked about... Okay, let's, let's, cha- let's change the whole entire subject from the World Series champions, the Club Indians, to uh, something that's mandated by the mayor here. We're forced to do this once in a while. I was going to say every week, but then I guess you can verify if you look back that we've, we've, we're in some deep trouble. Right. We are, so, yeah. so required by law here in Smogville Weekly to discuss words, slang terms that are going out of fashion, they're going extinct, but are crucial for the Smogville economy. So we refresh everyone's memory on this slang term. All right, let's refresh them. Tonight's term is be on one's bean water. To be on one's bean water. Yep, chiefly New England is the, the, the ground zero. I don't so know it's to be on one's bean water. Yeah. Get off your bean water, Sean. So, oh, so it's negative, you're thinking. I'm thinking it's negative. I'm thinking, hey, he's on, get, he's on his bean water. Get him out of here. Go screw. This guy's on his bean water. Is it possible that bean water is slang for diarrhea? Oh, God. It's more than possible. It's likely. <laughs> um, right, we're we're going to have to add the, I add the explicit tag to every episode, but we're going to have to like double add it to this one. Is diarrhea worse than a swear word? I don't ever want to hear about diarrhea. The thing that's funny is, is we'll drop a, a, a swear here and there, you know, just to, just to show everyone we're still with it, that we're still hip. But um, the thing that's funny is if you think about it, a quick F word flying past in a descriptive sentence is much less upsetting than a description of something like diarrhea. Absolutely. I, have, um, I had a job in an office once. Mm-hmm. I still do, but a different one. Mm-hmm. And this office, it was one of those fun offices, so they had a ping-pong table. There's nothing worse than a ping-pong table in the office. I wanted to take that paddle, shine it up real nice. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Really? So these morons, these, well, well, wait. these morons. Are you about to explain why you hate ping-pong tables? Because when you're trying to get work done and you hear, which is one thing, like that can be kind of hypnotic, but then you got these morons. Um, screaming, you know, they miss the ball. They're like, oh, it's like, I'm trying to write the fucking marketing plan that's mm-hmm. due in the morning that I got a fax to Australia. And I got this Chinese water torture tick-tocking in my head. Tick-tocking in my head. And then I have to hear you idiots screaming. Right. They're bebopping. I'm being really harsh. They'll, they will, they don't, I bet they don't even remember my name, but if they're listening, they're idiots. <laughs> and so... God, how great would that be if they were actually if Somehow they're like, God. I That'd really, be amazing. I always thought you were really nice. Ping pong? I barely liked ping pong. I thought you liked it. No, I would never play. I'm not going anywhere near that shit. That's interesting. Anyway, I'm so upset by it because, um, so what they would do, they wouldn't, they didn't want to curse. They didn't want to cuss for real. But, so they would say things like, like, ah, oh, fart! Mm-hmm. Or poop! But the worst is they would always say, ah, shart! And Shart. again, like I'm on a call with New York City, like mm-hmm. asking them about the numbers. And then in the background, there's some moron screaming, Shart! Shart. Shart. Now, would you rather hear the word shit, which at this point doesn't even mean anything other than a, an expression of, of distemper? Right, right. Or hear the word shart, which then makes you think of this moron filling up his tidy whities mm-hmm. You know, what I, you know in, where that in, goes. In a that dangerous means, fart, yeah. Yeah. That, and that's true. because It's like a thousand times more offensive than if you just said damn or whatever. Which is funny because audio in general is like the playground for the mind. So, so like a, a quick shit, like you said. Yeah. Not upsetting. Yeah. People talk. Like that's the way people talk. Your grandpa probably says it to you. Yeah. And it's just like, ah, shit. 
Yeah, but then, but the, the magic of radio is, is the images are in your mind. Right. So we're talking shart. Right now, every one of you are thinking of a pair of shorts being blasted with a shotgun blast and a surprised face. It's, it's horrible, actually. This needs like a triple explicit thing. This is upsetting. <laughs> and what, what about the people that listen to our podcast while eating lunch? Yeah, or at the office. Yeah, really what if there's loud. someone listening to our podcast trying to get that report that's due to yeah. New York City in the morning? The due on space. My, and- uh... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Oh man, I looked that up recently. A report due on space. Yeah, a report due on space. <laughs> oh, that was the best. No one has any idea. What, if you know what we're talking about, this was a commercial that aired probably in 1990 or 1991. Mm-hmm. This like. Dweeby kid in his puffy red 90s shirt and his, mm-hmm. his poofy, like, pseudo-mullet. Very blonde. And his big, round glasses. Yeah, he had big glasses. And he's sitting alone in a room, and he's got a report due on space. <laughs> yeah. And then this narrator comes in, and he tries to sell you an Encyclopedia Britannica set. Right. Remember me? I'm the kid who had a report due on space. He had a report due on space, but and then do, he got the... Do you remember it backfired, though? Because there was so right, much great information, he yeah. put it all in. Exactly. So, so it was overkill, I guess. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> I think I've made that abundantly clear. I love that I can't remember like what tasks I have to do at work. Right. But I remember a commercial from 30 years ago, no, word I, for word. Yeah, I, I, I make mistakes that a, a child would, would be able to avoid at my job. But again, I can repeat. I can sing like the whole Fruity Pebbles rap from the old Fruity Pebbles commercial you know, that came on TV in 1987 when rap was like the new thing. When every rap song was, uh, my name is blank and I'm here to say, I yeah. blank, blank, blank. I love Fruity Pebbles way. in a major yeah. way. Yes, yeah. it, it starts that way in that commercial. Bonnie, my pebbles. But I got to be honest with you right now. That, we, that is not the definition of to be on one's bean water. <laughs> okay, no, bean water. Bean water. I think it means like you're just in a bad mood. You're grumpy. You're on a rampage like... Uh, look out, the boss is on his bean water. You better better minimize that window. <laughs> the leisure suit Larry panic button. <laughs> no longer, it's back to a fake uh, spreadsheet. No, you, you, you're, on, you're on kind of the right track in a bizarro way. Okay. Because being on one's bean water is to be in high spirits oh. or feeling frisky. Oh. And I'm not sure if frisky means horny or like just like, let's, let's, get, let's go dancing. Let's get, you yeah. know, let's... So, hey. it, so when someone's on, when they're on their, God, how would you even say it besides to be on one's bean water? When someone is on their bean water, they, <laughs> yeah. they are feeling frisky. They're in high spirits. So there you go. Put that in your vocabulary, salesman coming to Smogville. Well, that's nice. Well, I feel like I'm on my bean water now. That, now that I got that off my chest. I know, the, I am too. thing. Yeah. Um, Speaking of sharts, my uh, oldest friend is getting married here in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, he once sent me what I consider the greatest text in the world. Okay. I won't say his name to embarrass him further. Uh, but he, he texted and said, it was a group text, said, Gentlemen, I have gambled with a fart and lost. <laughs> the evidence of my shame is now soiling the backseat of my boss's truck. Wow. Yeah. That is, that's quite the text to top. That's really awful, yeah. And we're pa- just, we are painting mental pictures left and right it's here. It's really getting bad. <laughs> let's move on. Let's see. Have we talked about, <laughs> talked about dead? Let's see. We've talked about dead Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. We've talked about soiled tidy whities Also, crime scene photos of Chris Farley's corpse. Right. So I think we need to lighten it up with some, 
let's talk about beautiful, oiled, muscular men. Yeah, beating each other with violence. With vi- violence, beautiful violence. Beautiful though. violence. It's the yard of violence. It really is beautiful violence. We're talking about wrestling. It's perhaps our most popular segment. Oiled boys. So you're the man that rules the world. You rule the world. Up, get ready. Come on, you want a piece of me? Come and get me. We like uh, we're huge fans of professional wrestling, yes, sports entertainment, as it were. Mm-hmm. I, I I love a good sports entertainment. I I, I love to I be sports well. entertained. Um, Hell in a Cell just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you're so you're a relatively newer fan of sports entertainment, true. Whereas I go way back. So what were your impressions? Well, okay, I don't want to I don't want to just complain the whole time, but. Ah. My 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 service was spotty. the 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 show kept freezing, and I really think it painted my opinion in a negative way. Mm. I think I, I would have enjoyed it a lot more if you had just been able to watch it, watch it all the, all the way through without pauses and and stuff like that. I expected it to be a little bit bloodier. I thought this was the one where they really kicked the shit out of each other. Well, it normally is, but this is the new era at WWE. They don't they ban blood. I know they've been blood, but not even bloody in the sense of of actually seeing blood. But but what was it? This most recent WrestleMania where Shane McMahon jumped off the top of the cage. To oh the, yeah, like that. Just ex- more extreme violence, I guess. Yeah, and and I don't really feel like I feel like the most violent match was probably Roman Reigns versus Rusev, and a lot of the beatings took place. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. A lot of the beatings took place, and the guy was wearing a bulletproof vest. Right. Now, <clears throat> I don't know how many of you out there are fans of sports entertainment. So we'll kind of we'll talk down to our crowd. We'll right. mansplain our way through Okay. This. Let's do it. So Roman Reigns is a uh, – he's one of the big top stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, he takes criticism because his beautiful violence is very limited. Right. He only knows a couple of dance moves. Mm-hmm. Um, he wins every match, ev- like, even though the announcers try to build him up like this underdog. Yeah, like, it's, it's amazing. Annoying. He, it's he's annoying. overcome the odds. He's the ultimate underdog when he just like never loses, never uh, seems to get hurt. But also, he wrestles in a military-grade bulletproof vest. Right. Now I know this is predetermined, and there's a, a huge level of suspension of disbelief. But I can't suspend my disbelief to think that they would let him wrestle in a military-grade bulletproof vest. Right, and, and, and it's, steroids are not allowed, but you can wear body armor in a sport where the whole point is you might get hurt. Yeah. Like, like one of the big moves, one of my favorite moves, is when someone is, is, is in a, some sort of chokehold, and then the other guy's slapping their chest. Just doing a big slap on yeah. the chest. Seamus does it quite often. Yeah. And I really like that because that seems like it would really, really hurt. Oh, it hurt. When it, you can hear it throughout the whole arena when they do that chest. Oh, slap. and I feel like... With, you know that hurts real bad. And then it hurts worse because they're wet. They're all sweaty. So it really is... It's, yeah. it's going to be stinging. Yeah. So, the, so it's a Hell in the Cell match. A giant steel cage is lowered over the, the ring. There is no... I, and I'm not sure what, the, what that means because... Because my girlfriend has asked me, like, well, what difference does that make? And I'm like, right. well, they, they can't escape the cell. <laughs> exactly. And then she's like, well, yeah, well, I mean, so? And I, right, because in, in non-cage matches, it's not like they're constantly just running away in the right. middle. Right. It's not, the, the whole point of wrestling is not to escape the ring. Yeah. So 
I guess it's just more of a psychological thing. Yeah, but I love that that is how they bill it. There's no escape. There's They're no trapped escape. in that cell. So they could be murdered. There could, someone could chain, take a chainsaw and cut someone's head off. And, yeah. And that's okay because they couldn't escape. I'd love it if they did that because there were three cage matches and then like four normal matches. I'd love if every one of the normal matches just ended with someone being like, fuck this. Yeah. And running I, and, to the and back. escaping. Yeah. And trying, like, trying to be dragged back, but they yeah. escaped. Yeah. And then, and then the strategy does not work in the, in the cell of hell. Yeah. So, in so that, let's get back to this body armor. So Roman Reigns is wearing this this body armor, and and it just really took it a, to like like you said suspension of disbelief. Like you're you're pretending these people are really trying to kill each other, and Rusev gets out uh, a kendo stick. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Which is basically just a big piece of bamboo, right? Yeah, it's a it's a bunch of loosely tied together pieces of bamboo that, like, just snaps. I think when they yeah, it stings. Oh boy, does it! And so he gets this out like, oh, and, and normally you'd be like, oh shit, if I wasn't wearing a shirt and someone was hitting me with a kendo stick, I would I would be trying to escape the cell. But he's beating a dude right in the chest who's wearing a bulletproof vest. Yeah, I, I started laughing. <laughs> right, it was, I was ridiculous. Like, I was like, is this supposed to hurt him? And then Rusev gets a chain, yeah. and he starts. And I was like, "Well, I guess that is pretty scary if you weren't being whipped in a bulletproof vest with a chain." Yeah. So he's whipping him with a, in the back. It was. It, it kind of t- was off to a rough start for me. Yeah. Now a lot of the people who who point out, "Oh, you know, it's fake, right?" And then they, uh, one of the myths about wrestling is when they throw each other through tables mm. that the tables have been doctored to collapse. Like weakened. Yeah, and I guess that's been disproven once and for all. Oh, yes, and that was the, the other thing. So first of all, a win for women everywhere in that the main event for the first time ever was the match for the women's championship. There's never been a match between two women main eventing a wrestling event. A, a pay-per-view. Yeah, and, yeah. and done in a way, uh, presented in... Like a normal wrestling match, not like oh, the first one to tear off their their yeah the, dresses or it, yeah. But the, th- the thing that I think is funny is I it's almost like one upping Hillary Clinton if she wins. Oh, that's first woman president. Yeah. Like this is overshadowing it. It's, it's overshadowed like, by the it's, first women's Hell in a Cell match. It's like when uh, that that kid from uh, Ghost World died. That like oh, Jared Renfro. Renfro? Uh-huh. And then Heath, Heath Ledger died like the next day or something. Oh, that's right. It was yeah. something that just overshadowed it terribly where like people are still talking about Heath Ledger. Yeah. And, and no one even, I couldn't even remember Renfro. Mm-hmm. And then, so, so that's how in, in American history, in 100 years, it's going to be sad that no one will remember that Hillary Clinton <laughs> became the first woman president because all the history books are going to be Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks main event, main event, Hell in a Cell. First time ever women main yeah. event, but it was um, it it was a great match, but it had a sad ending. It did because it was supposed to end with Charlotte throwing Sasha through a table. Mm-hmm. This is I just want to take a minute to again express how much I love professional wrestling because of these ridiculous sentences we're saying. Right, Charlotte's supposed to throw Sasha through a table, um, but it didn't break, mm-hmm. so she had to pick her up and throw her through it again, and again it didn't break. She just kind of awkwardly bounced off it. I'm guessing because she's not Cause heavy she, enough to, sh- yeah, to break it. That's what it is. It, it, was sad. it made me cringe, and it made me feel for them because I was like, oh, they're trying to really do this kick-ass main event. Yeah. And, and you know, usually these tables are having horrible monster men 
thrown on them. Right, that, Kevin Owens was able to break the table with ease. Yeah, Kevin. Yeah, and we, he's a two, big fat. Guy. Yeah, two two ninety at least. Yeah, that, that's on that's on like a healthy day. Yeah, he goes through the table. It shatters. Yeah, it, but but yeah, Charlotte picks up Sasha. Throws her on the table and it's just kind of like thump yeah. slide. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, oh, I, it, for the, there was that one millisecond where they're like, I guess we do it again, right? Yeah, again, smash on the table, thump slide. But and then know, finally, just like, all right, I'll just all pin right, you. yeah, I'll just just pin lay you. there and I'll pin you. Let's just pin this. And I felt it took me out of it because I felt so awkward, you know, trying being uh, empathetic to the situation. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. imagine you're making a speech in front of the board of directors and then you realize. You accidentally deleted a page, mm-hmm. and you're just like, uh, and it's your fi- uh, it's your uh, final conclu- like s- closing statement, yeah, because that was the end of the match, right? It, you know, Sasha Banks can't weigh more than like one thirty tops, I guess. I I, I, have, I would I, would I don't know that. how much people weigh. I don't know how to measure that. I think the the like the but she's very, a very small. Person. The Hollywood median median weight. To me, is one twenty. I don't know how my brain has decided this. Okay, but one twenty is kind of like you're you're like that's the average of all Hollywood people. So I figured the uh, the wrestlers would weigh a little more because they got a lot of muscle. So I'm shoot. I'm guessing one thirty on Sasha Banks. Not enough to break a banquet table. What are they called? Yeah, like what would you collapsible call banquet table? Call it a collapsible banquet table. Yeah, right. Like and down to the down at the community center for like, you know, Italian Heritage Night. Yeah, or like some church dinner. Yeah, or like some giant, uh, I don't know, weird business motivational speaker room where they're having cordon chicken cordon bleu. Yeah, it's you know? for chicken cordon bleu stuff like that. It's for uh, ravioli. And, f- and serving, for a, it's a ravioli serving table. Really. And I I mentioned that you and I were kind of cringed when when Sasha couldn't break the table. But I mean, of the millions of people watching, there's got to be some people that manufacture collapse or uh, yeah, collapsible banquet tables that were just grinning. Yeah, like th- just pride beaming, like that's one of my babies. Oh, so there's someone who works for Clarkman Collapsible Banquet Tables, right? And, and it, so he tunes tunes in every time. He do, he does it as he kind of like rest. yeah. Well, it's not love. It's more of like a like he just can't turn away. He's like, yeah. got to see how his table stand up to this punishment. Yeah. And then he like maybe cries a tear afterwards because one of his beautiful tables that he, he spent his life designing, refining to this one design, he watches it get smashed over and over. Yeah. No one's playing cards on it. No one's having tea or eating dinner. You're there's having... Not, there's not a, a, a couple of brochures. Yeah, there's no... Br- and yeah. a bowl of candy. Nothing like that. He's watching his hopes and dreams be shattered by giant sweaty men being thrown through them. Mm-hmm. So for there, was, there was this one moment, hell in a cell. By, by the end of it, he probably was just laying there, puffy red eyes from crying all night. And then, like, here it goes, the final, the final table. Sasha hits it, slides off. He suddenly perks up. And he's like, what? Yeah. What am I seeing here? Grinning, a smile slowly spreading across his face. Then the second time, Sasha hits the table, slides off again. He's, he's right up. He bolts right up in, in his chair. He's no longer laying down on the couch. He's sitting straight up. Yeah. And, and, and he's starting to just really grin. And then it's over. And he goes, ha-ha! That's a Clarkman! Yeah. And his wife comes in and is like, well, what's going on? Uh, and it, it's like one of those moments, like, ah, never mind, honey. But yeah. there was this, like, you know, surge of joy and adrenaline for, for this one or two or three men 
watching this show. Probably took a picture of the screen, mm-hmm. put it up on the break room fridge. Right. Yeah. Some, was a, some little quip, some little inside joke that you only get if you're in the collapsible banquet table industry. Right. And that's, that's you know, that, like, that's something he'll look back on years from now. He'll be an old man in a rocking chair with a gold watch for his, you know, years of service. And he'll, he'll look at that picture of Sasha failing to go through the table. And he'll, you know, he'll smile a little smile while the sun sets. Nicely done. All right. That was nice. Should we blow their speakers? Oh, yeah. It's our most popular segment. Blow your speakers. All right. Blow your speakers is my journey to become the ultimate heavy metal snob one album at a time or concert at a time. And I want to start this week by, by really taking a moment to show how far I've come. I've always sort of liked metal, you know, but I've never, the whole point of this was to really become an elitist. But today on XM Radio, which I bought just for the metal station, uh, Liquid Metal, because it's just all day different bands, they had a quiz, and they were quizzing some metalhead and the quiz was, what band appeared in Ace Ventura? And I don't even remember a band in Ace Ventura. There's a band in Ace Ventura, and he, he, he like starts headbanging and takes his shirt off. He like accidentally goes into the concert somehow. Oh, does he go into the rave pit? No, he's not, he gets on stage, and he's like jumping around. I heard an interview on NPR yesterday with a punk rock singer from D.C., and the interviewer asked about the rave pit. The rave pit? Yeah, do you... You know, it's just, this music makes you want to jump into the rave pit. Oh, man, that is so... That's just exactly... That's so, a cringe. It's so what that is, yeah. I know, it's so sad. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, he, he, he avoided the, ra- the rave pit and was on stage. But I randomly had listened to this song. I had looked it up. I would re- just recently read that it was in Ace Ventura. So I was, you know, they, they, they asked the question, and it's just like Jeopardy, just silence, Right? And I'm all Cannibal Corpse. I'm all, it's Cannibal Corpse. Ah. And then they even play the riff, of the, the actual riff of the song. Like, you know? And the guy's just still like, Lamb of God, like uh, all confused. And I'm like, Cannibal Corpse! It's Cannibal Corpse! And then they s- said the answer. And I had this moment where I was like, holy shit. The student has become the master. <laughs> yeah, I think that proves it. Months and months and months. This has paid off. I wouldn't have known that a year ago. So I just wanted to start the, the segment that way. And in honor of, of my great day, I want to endorse and review my favorite punk slash hardcore slash metal band of all time. You know, a lot of these albums I'm reviewing are new bands I haven't heard of or bands that I've heard of that, I don't, that I'm not that familiar with. This band I might be more familiar with than, than almost, almost any band. And that is the mighty Every Time I Die. Every Time I Die. That's the name of the band. Mm-hmm. E-T-I-D. They played recently. I didn't go. They, they did play recently. They're, I got their, uh, an album in 2003 called Hot Damn, which I picked up just because Hot Damn is kind of a different sort of name for a, a, a hardcore album. 
You right. Know? What does that make us think of this time? Hot damn. Hot damn. That, uh, that song I hate. Is there a hot damn song? It's that song, that fake James Brown song. Oh, is it, it like, is it like, uh, what is it? You can't, you can't escape it. I haven't heard it. You have. It's like, get up. Hot damn. Oh, oh, it's, it's, uh, it's get funky. It's I that like Prince kind of little guy. He's wears a hat. Oh, what's his name? Bruno, <laughs> Bruno Martino or something. Oh, Bruno Mars. Is that it? Yeah. Is that who it is? Well, that's the guy. Yeah, that's the song. The song. Okay. Mar- yeah. I think it's Mark Ronson featuring Bruno Mars. Oh, okay, it's yeah, yeah. Uptown Funk, yeah. Uh, they, they recently got sued, I think I just read. Oh, what for? For, for ripping off some 70s funk band or something. Yeah. Maybe it's James Brown to yeah. state. Anyway, Every Time I Die, they're an American metalcore band from Buffalo, New York. And just last, let's see, I guess it's not last week, last month, their eighth and latest studio album, Low Teens, was released on Epitaph Records. And I'm going to try to describe their music. I'm, I'm going to go with a, a few things I found online to describe them. Because they kind of, when I say they're my favorite punk slash hardcore slash metal band, they're kind of all of those bands in one. At the same time? At the same okay, time. Yeah. It's kind of hard to, to describe. Uh, but in 2003, I got, I got that uh, Hot Damn album, and I listened to it. And this is no exaggeration. I listened to it every day for a year. Wow. Every single day. It's my favorite hardcore album of all time. So let, let's describe their music a little bit. It has been described as metalcore, which is kind of a hardcore punk mixed with metal, which is pretty much exactly what it is. But in the metal circles, metalcore is kind of a dirty word. It's kind of like poser music or something. But, mm. but I will take every time I die over Slayer, over any metal band you bring at me, I will take them over. They're better. Okay, they have been described as metalcore, hardcore punk, and post-hardcore. They initially formed as a hardcore band, but their music soon manifested strong influences from heavy metal and rock. They have been called metalcore icons. And their 2003 album, Hot Damn, a total game changer for the genre. Huh. And that's true. It's the one, it blew my mind. I my, like game changers. Like, my life is, is I basically have my life broken into d- d- two parts. It's it's uh, HD, BCHD, before Hot Damn, and ADHD, which is once I got really severe yeah. attention deficit disorder, and I had to get on medication and all that. Right. So, so those are the two. <laughs> that's how you kind of break my life in half. Um, okay, they've also been described as alternative metal, southern metal. They've also experimented in mathcore and sludge metal. And I'm not going to explain all these genres, even though... I was talking about grindcore last week, and we, we got into a whole thing. I'll, I'll just metal? save it for later. Yeah, southern metal. I mean, that seems pretty self-explanatory. But it, I can't picture it. No? I mean, like, Skinnerd. Yeah, like metal. that. Like Skinnerd metal. No, really. That's kind of what they are. Yeah. A lot of their stuff has that sort of sound. Huh. Heavy blues influence, I think, is what that would be, right? Isn't a lot of the southern stuff really kind of heavy blues influence? Or I mean, even I mean, rock. everything's blues. E- uh, yeah. Right, everything goes back to the blues. Yeah, the blues. Just ask blues man. He comes by the Ferris wheel once in a while, and he asks us, "Have you guys been listening to the blues, or have the blues been listening to you?" When old Jimmy Jimmy Two Steps fires up that saxophone, baby. <laughs> 
Oh, that's some good blues. That's right. So this is what the singer of the band, how he describes his own band. He, he, he calls his band a Buffalo Bills tailgate party and a high school kegger mixed into one. And here's, here's, some, here's some things on the Wikipedia page that I, don't, I can't you know, tell you if they're actually true or not, but these are parts of the information. During tours, they enjoy setting their hair on fire and drinking. One of Keith's, that's the, the uh, singer and lyricist, one of Keith's writing tactics is to get incoherently drunk and see what comes out. Oh, boy. So, and here's another uh, funny little side note. Keith also has a tattoo of Spock's head on a lawn chair, daydreaming about what he himself would look like with a mustache. So it's Spock's head in a lawn chair with a little, like, imagination bubbles from a comic book, and then another Spock head with a mustache, and then the Spock head in the lawn chair is crying tears because he can never grow a mustache. And I've seen a photo of this. I'll try to post it on yeah. the social media. Is it like Spock's head from Futurama or just a Spock head? No, no. It's like Spock, a Spock head on a lawn chair. Don't you have a Spock head tattoo? I do as well. Yes. Yeah. I have one. On, but, but that's mine's just But yours a, isn't that cool. I, mine's not as, as conceptual. <laughs> Very high concept. This My, one. Mine's much more of just Spock. Yeah. Doing the live long and po- prosper. His, his, is, his is actually a lot cooler. So their newest record, Low Teens, this is their eighth album. It is what I would consider a greatest hits album of new songs. So what, what this new album sounds like is, is pretty much all their other seven albums up to this point. And it kind of, each song sort of has, it's almost like they wrote a song for each album to try to make, you know, make this, this kind of brand new greatest hits. It's really cool. That's interesting. I don't know if that makes sense or yeah, not. Yeah, no, I can, I can see that. But you can hear stuff from their first albums and second albums, and you can hear stuff from their later work. You can, you can hear their very radio-friendly kind of work, as radio-friendly as, as this band can be. But um, I, out of all the bands, you know, this is like my 30th review or something. This is the, the only one I, would, I will stand behind 100%. Like, this is not, not an exaggeration, my absolute favorite punk hardcore metal band and you know get low teens but i i'll tell you my 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 favorite albums of their back catalog and that is the my favorite is hot damn like we talked about 2003 it's unbelievable a game changer <laughs> and then the other two i re- they're all good this is like a, the beatles to me like every album is you know it kind of depends almost on your mood every album is good but the ones that I really like besides Hot Damn are New Junk Aesthetic from 2009 and X Lives from 2012. But you could, you could literally pick up any record and it's, it's going to be the best hardcore album in your collection. I don't know. I wanted to really, really hammer this home. I, what, I, uh... Oh, I, I, so another thing about them. I have bought every one of their albums the day, the day it's come out. Oh, all, nice. all eight albums, the day it came out, and I've seen them on every single tour they've gone on okay. for every album. Like, I am legit, my entire adult life, my favorite aggressive band. You know what's sad? As much as I love music and like finding new music and listening to music constantly, right. I can't think of any bands where I would be compelled to like 
be all counting down for their new album and run out and grab it. This is one for me. That's in, that's interest. That's cool. I wish I had. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. There's three. Where I would like, like make that. it a point to know the date. Like, oh, November nineteenth, the new no, that's, thing that, comes out. Yeah. I and mean, there's always bands where I'm excited for it, but not that excited. That's how I am that's with weird. every time I die. That's how I am with Blur or any Damon Albarn related project oh, sure. like Gorillas. Like, I cannot wait for the new Gorillas. Yeah. And then I'm that way with Deer Hunter. Actually, I love Deer Hunter. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think we've talked about how I still haven't gotten around to listening to the new Radiohead album in Rainbows yet. Radiohead. I mean. Good Lord. At this I'm, point, I'm five albums behind. At this point, you even need to listen to them. You know, what, you know what the songs are. They're the saddest, most depressing, you know, pointless songs of all time. You hear them. Didn't you love the new one? Yeah, the new one I've absolutely loved. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> loved it. But that being said, every song that came out, I knew I, I'd heard it a million times the, the second it came out because it's just the same old whining bullshit. <laughs> And I say that as, as someone who loved their new album. Loved it. Yeah. Like Radiohead are incredible, but it's almost like, it's almost like they've become too much of artists. Like, I don't know how to explain what it is. They've gone like, it's like when a movie's so bad it becomes good. They're like are the, they opposite. the opposite. They're so good that they've sort of become bad. They've sort of oh, become wow. a band I kind of think is annoying. This concept needs to be explored further, but right. not now. Okay. The so good, it's bad. I've never heard that. So good, it's bad. The, the, the Radiohead, really, for sure. That's really interesting. So talented that their music sucks. What almost. else is so good, it's bad? Email us at worldchampionpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook. Um, by the way, I'm adding some stuff to the website because not everyone's on Facebook. We always post the bands we talk about and kind of some of the references we make. We'll post that encyclopedia commercial if we can find it. Mm-hmm. So I added that to the website as well, worldchampionpodcast.com. We always Look post for something it. called like supplemental. I don't remember what I called it. But we always post it on Facebook. But, yeah. we're gonna, but now you can go to our web- website if you're, you're yeah. not a Facebook person. Yeah, and someone asked about if we ever list the bands that we talk about because he, hears, he listens to us in the car and wants to check out these bands but then like can't Forget, write it down. Yeah. Um, so that's usually... If you go to our website and episodes, I'll usually list the bands and music videos and stuff under each episode, usually. Yeah, and, and maybe email us. I, maybe I'll email it back. I'll, maybe I'll look it up. Yeah. Um, so I want to get this letter that Clay sent back in September. Um, so it kind of references some things we talked about a long time ago that probably neither of us remember. Okay, well, but, we're uh, going to find out. Yeah, but I definitely have been, I keep, have been meaning to, to read this. Um, so just kind of a roundup of previous shows. He's glad you have joined the Metal Army. He was worried that you had become a believer. I'm still a believer. A Bieber believer. I'm, I'm there. I'm still a believer, man. I like that. You're not selling out. I'm a complex man. You are, yeah. Complicated you don't have man. To, life is not either or. Life is yes or no. That's, that sounds deep kind of, huh? It kind of does. <laughs> but it's not at all. It doesn't make any sense. But I like it. You said a lot of really deep things, like how this is how radio is the playground of the mind. Yeah, I've been waxing. Life is not either or, it's yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> um, to me, he says, when I think of D&D miniatures, I think of Ralph Partha. They always had the coolest figures. Didn't they do a set of Dragonlance characters? I had them. I had them. I had the Draconians, mm-hmm. which were the dragon orc replacements. A little more expensive, though. I had, the, I had them. I had the heroes of the lance. I don't know if I had them all. I had Stern, Brightblade, I had Tasselhoff, Burfoot, I had Tannis for sure. I had uh, Lorana for sure. 
They all came in a box. I, they I came ha- in one box. Oh, they did? Then I had them yeah. all, then. Yeah, a little box about the size of a VHS tape had all of them. Did they really? Yeah. Okay, I had them all. And then... Uh, Kitiara. Who wrestling. else was in there? Kitty, well, Kitiara was in the bad guys one. Oh, I had them both, So then, then there was baby. a bad guy one that had Lord Soth and uh, the, the two cool bad guys. I want to say Vermilion. That's yeah, no, I, I might be. He had like a cool red cape and a, a mask with horns on it. That might, uh, yeah, I think it is Vermilion. It might, maybe it and is. And he was on the sort of, he was on that kind of had mind controlled Kitiara, right? Because Kitiara wasn't actually bad, kind of. Yeah. And then there was Ariacus or Ariacus. Arrakis, Arrakis, Arrakis. The, the, the goddess, the goddess of like de- of the dead or whatever, Just of evil. The, yeah, the the nine headed dragon and yeah. the, what else? So was there a a figure for that green dragon? Remember that really trippy part where there was like a weird. It was like a drug scene almost. In oh, the where there's like an elf king who's yeah. like yeah, z- yeah. zonked out with a crystal ball. Yeah, and then there's there's a green dragon that's breathing some like hallucinogenic gas, poison gas yeah. or something. Oh, it's this man. real trippy part, and one of the characters, I think it's Tannis, goes in there, and it's it's like the how it's like almost like a uh, what's her name? The, the House of Undying. Yeah, yeah. Daenerys that, goes through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Daenerys goes through it. So like, a, it's like some kind of Alice in Wonderland nightmare world. And last time we talked about Dragonlance, I w- was desperate to find my Art of Dragonlance book, and I couldn't find it. Oh, bummer! But I man. found my like, uh, I found some other stuff. I think I found my Ralpartha catalog Wait that I read religiously. Were you with me when when we went over to meet? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Larry Elmore. Larry Elmore. Yeah. Super nice. And he, the one poster I desperately wanted him to sign was the one he didn't have. Right. And he was, he's like, oh, it should be there. He had posters to all the covers of the books. Like everything he'd ever done for D&D and Dragonlance. But and he didn't have the one I wanted. But luckily I had a little like eight and a half by 11 one. And didn't he tell us that an Australian millionaire was buying all the original paintings? Yeah, you asked him where the originals were. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. There's some guy in Australia that bought all of them. Like some, some millionaire is, has got all the covers to Dragons yeah. of Autumn's Twilight, Dragons of Spring Dawning, The Time of the Ten- Twins, The Test of the Twins, all that stuff. And I think he doesn't own the original. Like, he sends the originals off, and then he, he doesn't... They're not his anymore. Oh, they're not? So I don't think he got to reap the benefits of... Who didn't even, oh, so, so, so he's like, selling them to TSR. So TSR, I guess, yeah. sold them. But even so, man, I'd love to see those originals so badly. Um, he says, the key to painting miniatures is to lay down a base coat of black or just have Sean paint it for you. Did you paint them? Oh, yeah. I, I was, painted mine. I had some. I that, was so good. I had some that turned out decently. Of course, nothing like the catalogs. Mm-hmm. But I had some I was happy with. I used, I used washes a lot. You don't really need, need to paint them black necessarily, but you got you got to have those ink washes because that goes in all the cracks. And yeah, it's that's dark. how you, that's what they do in the in the cat, catalogs. And then you do the highlights. You got to do a dry brush white or or oh, whatever yeah. the color white mixed with brown or whatever. And you do dry brush so it just wisps like kind of the high points. It's depressing when you ruin one. Yeah, and then and then you try to use like paint remover, and then you just get cotton ball dust all over yeah. cotton ball fuzz. Um. He, again, says to Brighton, maybe the reason you didn't like 80s music is because you weren't listening to it from the speakers of a sweet IROC Z. That's probably true. It's true. Yeah, that's, that's very absolutely true. true. Everything sounds better in an IROC. Um, growing up in the Midwest, we had wrestling at the Chase. It was usually on after we got back from church, right before the afternoon movies started. My era of wrestling was the one of the Iron Sheik, Nature Boy, Ric Flair, and the Von Erich family. Uh, there's a mystery of the mysterious... Oh, there's a mystery of the mysterious program, the Von Erichs. 
That's it. Do you know about the Von Erichs? Let's we'll t- table that one. The Von hmm. Erich wrestling family, like five guys. One only one of them is still alive, I and the rest I all do. died it in so- tragedy. It, so- it sounds vaguely familiar. We'll look into it. Uh, he also s- says we should watch Ric Flair's Woo Off with a rival wrestler. Rick looks like his head is going to explode. <laughs> Um, he said, last time I went to see wrestling in St. Louis, we couldn't even get seats next to the ring. I've never seen so many pregnant women fling profanities at the heels. We did get to see the guy who was getting King. We did get to see a guy who was getting King Kong Brody's face tattooed on his entire back. Well, that's good. That's cool. Um, I think the wizard from the inside cover of Led Zeppelin is not Gandalf, but actually representative of the hermit from the tarot. Oh, fuck Representation off. of the hermit. <laughs> it's Gandalf. It is. It's called... It, uh, Jimmy Page recreate. Have you seen that the yeah. song? Remains the same when Jimmy Page is dressed up like him and like holding a lantern. Yeah, it looks just like Bray Wyatt actually. <laughs> uh, John no. Paul Jones is a gangster and John Bonham was a farmer. It's weird that they are considered a band that sings about token all the time. They only have three, maybe four Lord of the Rings songs. <laughs> only four That's songs. Still more than than. It's a lot Rolling of songs. Stones. Yeah, there's not a lot of. Uh, only we only have four <laughs> wizard I like to think, songs. Like, like they're being interviewed by some Rolling Stone guy and they're like. Here it is again, the rumor about the Lord. We only have four Lord of the Rings songs, man. Come on. Come that's on, man. One, one every album? You act like we're into it. <laughs> he says, do Red Fang's wires for a mini music movie segment. And he says, also in Jump, doesn't David Lee Roth dress in a karate gi and do a sword kata? I don't think so. I think that's in... He has a very similar solo album song video where I, where I think that's what he's thinking of. Because there, there's one on his on his first sol- solo album, maybe a second solo album, is om- is very similar, which makes sense because David Lee Roth directed Jump. I oh, imagine yeah. he directed this other one. Yeah. So I, I know what you're talking about, but I, I think I think you're thinking of solo stuff. And then the Red Fang for mini music video. Yeah, aren't they a metal band? They're a metal band. I don't know if we can cross the streams between Blow Your Speakers and mini music movies. Cross the. St- you said crossing the streams was bad. That's how that's how you end up with a Green Bay Bruce. <laughs> oh.